All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We tried to uh, get this done last week, but uh, we had some audio issues and one of our co-hosts overserved himself. So we're going to do take two this week. I am Mike Maroney, one of your co-hosts, <laughs> alongside Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, and Tom Strange. Uh, we'll meet the gents here in a second. But again, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully we get a few listeners while we're doing this. We are essentially just you know, four golf degenerates who all happen to have uh, some decade of industry experience going to talk a little golf pga tour courses you name it we'll cover it on a week-to-week basis uh the goal is to record this show every monday night so we can react to the most recent pga tour tournament lpga tour senior tour european tour whatever's going on in the world of golf we'll kind of react to it on monday nights and hopefully get this out tuesdays or wednesdays if I can figure out what the hell I'm doing when it comes to editing a podcast, but we are definitely podcast rookies and pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to golf. So um, let's meet the boys. McLean, who the hell are you? Uh, my name is McLean Boyd. Uh, I have been uh, in the industry for practically my entire life from running carts to taking tea times, uh, a regular looper, uh, sales rep extraordinaire failed golf professional you name it i've seen uh many different facets of the golf industry and excited to bring a different take here with the guys and again a master fitter for those of you listening at home (laughs) master fitter uh jay woodson who are you pal mikey thanks buddy uh jay woodson here uh past player i turned pro in 2004 and Traveled uh, all around the country, North America, South America, tried them all, uh, Latin American PGA, Canadian, uh, Canadian PGA Tour, all the mini tours, you name it, I tried them. Uh, like I always say, PGA Tour is the best one I've played uh, this far. But um, yeah, just uh, had a little bit of success in 14 years of playing, a uh, few Virginia State Open titles, a few Virginia State Amateur titles, uh, big break invitational title in there. So little bit of a uh, little bit of past success but now I'm uh, totally reverted back to watching golf on TV and uh, following uh, some of my buddies who are still playing welcome to the club I never <laughs> even, I never even attempted I was never good enough to even try to attempt so happy to be here um, Tom how are you sir Mike Maroney how are you my friend I am fantastic it's great to have you uh, you know it's great to be here with you fellas um, but yeah so been around the go of the game of golf for a long time. Um, when I mean that, I mean since you know day one. Um, it's fortunate to kind of have a front row seat to um, kind of a, a lot of the kind of the ins and outs of PGA Tour life. Not from playing myself, uh, unfortunately, but yeah. So um, then, kind of turned golf into my career uh, on the sales side, on the apparel side. Um, been a fun run and I look forward to talking golf with you boys. Well, I appreciate it guys. Yeah. And I think we'll have some fun along the way. Um, uh, just to give a background of myself, uh, born and raised in Massachusetts, the, uh, resident northerner full of a bunch of rednecks on this podcast with Charlotte Raleigh and Powhatan County represented from Virginia, but, Ooh. uh, made my way down to, uh, Clemson university uh, to major in professional golf management. Again, I learned at a very early age, I was never going to be good enough to compete full-time at this. I still dabble occasionally just to 
you know, miss a few cuts here and there and some section events, but golf's the only thing I've ever done in my life from a job standpoint. Was fortunate enough to do some uh, great internships along the way when I was at Clemson, worked at a few top 100 clubs, got my uh, PJ membership in 2008, taught uh, full-time for a few years, and then have been at the Foundry Golf Club, um, also known as the greatest adult daycare in Powhatan County. <laughs> but uh been there Number for one. now 13 this will be my 13th season uh have been the head golf professional there since 2014 uh fantastic club fantastic place great members hopefully some tune into this podcast and are listening but uh i have enjoyed my time there and hopefully it continues as long as they don't tell me to go elsewhere anytime soon that would be fantastic but um again we're gonna have a little fun here and discuss a few topics the format of the show emergency nine we're gonna discuss nine topics each week uh We'll definitely probably tell some stories, diverge along the way. We all have had some great experiences in this industry. Um, know a lot of the players and folks that are in the news, uh, even though we're not in the news, we can speak firsthand about some of them and uh, you know, pretend that we are uh, golf experts, although we're really not, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I like think we are, but, but we're not. Uh, we're really just a bunch of guys that are going to drink, have a podcast, and talk golf like we're in the 19th hole after a round of golf. So that's right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We can, you know, fake it till you make it, guys. That's my motto. So as we uh, let's get right into it right now, um, we had a lot of golf this weekend. Pretty much all four major tours PJ Tour, Senior Tour, LPGA, European Tour was all in action. So Let's do uh, first few topics. Let's going to hit up the American Express, the former Bob Hope in Palm Springs. Siwoo Kim, your champion, big birdie putt number 17. His first win since the 2017 players. Um, pretty money coming down the stretch, guys. Yeah, you got to like his game. I mean, he is. He looks solid <laughs> under the gun. Uh, he continues to put himself in contention and down the stretch. I mean, he, he didn't seem to, uh, he didn't really seem to fade. You got to like what he did there at 17 and then coming down 18. Uh, he just got it done and collected his trophy, went on his way. Absolutely. I mean, he, he's, uh, I don't say he's become a household name, but if you're, if you're a golf fan and you pay attention, uh, especially like we do, I mean, we know who he is. Um, Young fella, he's 25, I believe, turned pro in 2012. So he's, uh, you know, he's more seasoned than I bet some people understand. Um, you know, when your official world golf rankings in, inside the top 100, you're doing something right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he played well. You know, a lot of birdies. You know, I've always felt that, like, when you got to shoot, you know, 20 under par or, or lower, I mean, you just cannot blank, right? I mean, think about it. You really cannot have a stretch, a bad stretch. And, uh, I mean, he certainly didn't. He played well. Um, you know, well some, Jay, some what's that like? You, you've been in tournaments where some of them it's going to be four under that wins and some of them that's going to be 20 under. What, what's what's a tournament that's going deep? To me, as a viewer, it's a little boring sometimes. Um, I like to see some guys make bogeys coming down the stretch and not just a birdie fest, but as yeah. a play, as a player, what's it like to have to go shoot 2200 to even have a sniff? Well, it's a, it's a little bit of pressure when you tee off too. you know, say for instance, you know, Siwoo teed off Saturday afternoon and guys leading before, um, you know, they're out in the morning and they shoot six, seven, eight under par, you know, when you, before you tee off, you could have lost the lead. Um, so 
playing in tournaments like that are can be tough if you're if you're not quite at full strength, but you you're close. You know that like I'm not I'm not playing my best. I need to really find a way to turn it on. Anyway, yeah, if you're even par through like seven holes, like I mean, you feel like you know you're getting trumped. lapped. Yeah, yeah. So it's and I think that's why the majority of the the tour events that you see every week, it's always like seven to fifteen under par because you know that's that's what's most that's the most fun for a viewer to watch these guys really play some of these really difficult golf courses, tough, uh, play them well, but also there's still some birdies that to be made, but they can still make a bogey or a double and a heartbeat. Um, but you know, double bogeys out there, uh, you know, where they played this week, it just doesn't happen very often. It's just, it's like they're playing in a dome out there. Did you guys see this last year in this tournament? He shot 87 in the first round and the WD in the second round, the same tournament, same tournament, 87, Wow. Now, I'm not saying I could do that, but I could do that. I mean, wow. So you don't think that, like, talk about exercising the demons. Like, I mean, <laughs> you shoot 87. What? So he shot 87. What did he shoot? Say? Oh, he WD. I think there was an injury involved, yeah. which has led to the 87, but um, still, to shoot 87 as a PGA Tour player, you don't see many scores over 80s, never mind 87. That's a good yeah, point. That, like, you see that, that means something was wrong. Something was wrong, yeah. Either mentally or physically. <laughs> So, so, so look, I, I just, looking at his stats, it says PJ Tour wins three, and then it says he is seventy nine wins away from Sam Snead's record. <laughs> <laughs> like, why he's, is getting gotta there. Throw, he's getting why there. Why is it going to throw that in there? Like, straight to the straight to the top, huh? Wow, man. Hey, I mean, he shot sixty seven, sixty four on the weekend, sixty four. Um, I think on a Sunday, that's what you got to shoot to win the golf tournament. And he went out there and shot a low number. Um, Led the field in greens and regulation. Only made two bogeys the entire week. 23 birdies, one eagle, and two bogeys. That's playing some good golf. I don't care where you are. When you're not making bogeys, you make two for 72 holes. That's getting it done, boys. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, McLean, like he – so not only only make two bogeys, but he hit every, near about every green and every fairway. So, I mean, it was just – you talk about boring golf. Like, I'd love to know what that boring it's golf clinic. Like. His his combination of driving accuracy and driving distance is it's something to be envied. You know what's crazy too? You guys follow the story. He has to do military service in Korea. That's right. Every male has to do military service. Now I believe he can choose when he does it. Um, because I know that there was another. Well, there was another Sang Moon uh, Bay. Yeah, he he had to do his, and, and then I, same with uh, soon you'll know or whatever his name was. Um, soon you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was doing, I think he just actually started playing golf again last year, but, um, that's just Sang wild Moon to just me. Got back. Yeah. Sangmoon just got back, but I think it was something to where, if I remember correctly, he had to finally go, like he had been putting it off and they mm -hmm. said by the age of like 28 or something, um, that you have to finally go serve your two years. Yeah. And he, it's not like, from what I understand, he basically didn't get to practice for two years. No, don't the club. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hit hit balls. You know what? Like, I mean, literally in two years, I think he hit. He said, he, "I don't think he played eighteen holes. Maybe yeah. hit balls a handful of times. That was kind of it." That's yeah. tough. I mean, the only person that comes to mind that that has done that over here in the states is Billy Hurley. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know, graduating from the Naval Absolutely. Academy in two thousand four. You know, he left, and I'm I'm not sure if it was four years or if he got some type of. Uh, grant that allowed him to forego a few of the years. And, and I, obviously he, he uh, 
muddled around on the mini tours for a while and then, and then got out uh, on, on tour, obviously, and then won at Congressional there, uh, I think it's four or five years ago. So it worked out for him, but that didn't happen very often. It's hard to come back from that for sure. Didn't David Robinson like, uh, um, cause he went to the Naval Academy and he was able to like get out of his service because he was too big, right? He couldn't like literally couldn't operate around a ship or a submarine. Was that, I mean, is that the true story here? Something along those lines? It, it wouldn't surprise me, so. especially being on a Naval ship. Those things are super tight, but I know that they're, there's, there's some type of exemptions that you can get uh, if you're, if they feel that your service is better off for, you know, doing something else, then they can, they can give you an exemption and get out of it. And I think because he was either the number one or two draft pick in the NBA, I think that that allowed him to, to get out of it or, or, or forego some of that service, which I can't, I, mean, I can't imagine him on a uh, ship. He's just I mean, a little, little too yeah. large. I, mean, I can, it's more of a more built for me, you know. I still can't ride all the rides at the uh, roller coaster, but you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd be you know running around like a wild man on a submarine. You n- no worries at all. I would never hit my head on anything. Now the admiral, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> yeah. no clearance issues. Uh, um, but speaking about birdies, how about Patrick Cantlay this weekend? Yeah, makes, 65, 61 on Sunday. Makes a cut on the number, and is one out of a playoff. Eighteen under on the weekend. Uh, 47 putts combined Saturday and Sunday. That's, He's a real deal putting. We know that, right? I mean, stupid. If I had to pick a guy to make a 15 footer, you know, for he's 40, on the list. Cause I'm not, you know, it's, uh, he, he'd be up there. If not number one, it might be obviously tiger, you know, these guys, but I'm talking like right now he is, the guy's got ice water in his veins. He's good. He, I feel like he's kind of the next guy we're waiting to break through, right? When a major, you know, whatever. I mean, he's obviously already done well, but, um, He's just he, – he's cool, calm, and collected. He's got a ton of game. Well, too, and he yeah. he lost like over two, three, almost three years of his career right. because of a back injury. He didn't touch a club for two years. Um, and it still takes him – I read a story a couple months ago. It takes him like four hours to get ready before the tea time. Jeez. So Jeez. If he's that. got an 8 a.m. tea time, he's waking up at 4 a.m. to start loosening up, getting his back ready. And the guy's what? What is he, 28? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, else, what else happened to him? And he had uh, maybe a friend, uh, one of his best, car best accident, died in a car accident, and that really shook him up for a little bit, too. Uh, it was his caddy, I think. Was it his caddy? Friend caddy? I, yeah, I know that there was some some story there where he lost a, a close friend in a car accident, and that really shook him up, and he took a lot of time away from the game for that, too. But, no, you're right, Tom. I, he's, a, he's, he's actually really fun to watch from just as a golf purist. He's such a – such a great golf swing, hits it straight, you know, a great ball striker, great putter. I'm like, he really doesn't struggle anywhere. I think the only thing that he's he's lacking, if there is anything, is just that little bit of confidence and to get over that hump. I mean, he's a he's a top 10 guy in the world, I think. I mean, from the skill standpoint. And then um, that's, that's – I think he's pretty, actually ranked up there too. Yeah. I mean, but, he, but he's, he should be competing with these guys every week. But – you know, he's really not quite in the category of like Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, you know, Justin Thomas. He's not in that kind of elite group, but he's right on the fringe. And I think it's just a matter of winning a couple times in a row, and he's right right there. You, you think some of that's like his, you know, personality. I hate to say it that way because it makes it sound like it's a knock on him, which it certainly isn't. But, you know, Jay, you and I were talking about this past weekend, like, there's that kind of that it factor, that killer instinct, that chip on your shoulder, whatever you want to call it, that the, all those guys you just named, the John Roms, or all these guys have. And then there's the guys that kind of 
you feel like I don't say they don't have it, but it's it's maybe a little bit more subdued. And you know, at this level, like that that that's the difference, or can be right. It's like yeah. you know, there's guys out there that have less talent than some of the others that beat them every week because because damn it, I'm going to beat your butt, you know. Where the other guy might done. So anyway, that that part of the game has always fascinated me, right? Because throughout the history of this game, there's always been those guys that maybe aren't as talented. But like, they just—they're not going to lose. Like, there's nobody in their mind. There's nobody's going to beat him. I don't think anyone talks about him because of his personality. I think he's just so calm and to himself and doesn't do a whole lot. He doesn't Even really Adam have Scott. any flair. Like, yeah, yeah. Good golf swing, kind of quiet, keeps himself. Like he's Adam Scott, maybe without quite the you know the Adam Scott looks, as my wife would you know say. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it did well, though. You know, Cali boy, I'm sure he's made many trips to the desert over his time. Uh, 61, uh, 30, 31 on Sunday. You got to have a lot of respect for guys had three career wins, 10th in official world golf rankings. Um, the stat I was looking at that I really like, he's played in 104 events. He's made 88 cuts. Well, that's right. You just said, so he's, he's 10th in the world and he's won three times, right? Like run three times, $17.3 million in career earnings. That's a lot more than I bet you guys thought it was. And won a ton. He's won. I mean, three times is three times yeah. is solid golf. But again, making eighty eight out of one of one oh four. That's playing that's a lot of weekends. That's a good percentage right there. Insist. Yeah, that's awesome. Second in FedEx Cup standings currently. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta move on. I gotta talk to Jay about this guy. McLean and I were kind of chatting before you guys popped on here, but <laughs> your boy Tony Finau. <laughs> Come on, Jay. You took him down. Big break invitational. He's never beaten you. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Not that I can remember. No, but. no. One, it was one and done. Um, um, McLean thinks he's not a choker. I think he's kind of a choker. You know, and I was actually, I'll comment back uh, on what Tom was talking about, that, you know, that confidence. And I think um, I think Tony is is a very confident guy. He's a, a genuinely like nice guy. Like he's a good guy. If you met him outside of golf, I mean, he's very cordial. Talk to anybody. Um, he does not think that he's better a better person than anyone, but he definitely thinks that he's a better golfer, which he should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got to have that. You've got to you've got to play that line between too confident uh, in, in what you do and, 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 and maybe trying to be too nice. Um, and that all of those guys have that, you know, and sometimes it spills over too much and comes, comes across as being arrogant. Um, but you got to understand that, that that comes with the territory, but back to your point though, I, I, I think, I think Tony has all of those. Uh, I think he, he talked about it this weekend when he was, um, they, somebody asked him some questions about Bryson and, and ball speed and, and I think that he's I think he's the longest guy on tour if he wants to be like if his sole purpose was to hit it long. I don't think that anybody can hit further than him. like if he wanted to go out and, and even Bryson, even Bryson. Wow. Cameron Champ. If if, if I, it, Cameron Champ would be one that would be close to him. But if Tony Finau, when, when we used to play, Tony used to get his hands up above his head like and you talk about a guy who's six, five with arms that are probably 42 inches long, you know, long and like, what is it? He probably has a. 6'10 wingspan for a guy who's 6'5. I mean, this is bigger and longer than Dustin in terms of, you know, you know, the physicality of this guy. And he can move it. And huge, massive hands. Like these are all the things that these guys who hit it long, they all have those. So he can hit it. I mean, I've seen him hit it 400 yards, like without 
thinking about it. So well, you and I were I playing this summer, Absolutely. Jay, and you were kind of telling that same story. And then we were sitting down having a beer afterwards and he had posted on social media, getting his ball speed up to like 205 miles an hour. Yeah. And that's and I, without it, doing any training and anything that Bryson's doing. He was just you know, like, just fucking around on the driving range and hit, you know, 205 miles an hour. You can smash it. Like, I mean, that's just my opinion. Watching all the guys that, that hit it, hit it long, seen it in person. I don't think anybody's longer than him, but he commented on, on Bryson and said, look, I didn't, he said, Tony uh, speaking here, he said, I didn't think that anybody could hit the ball straight at 195 to 200, uh, you know, mile an hour ball speed. And he said, Bryson proved me wrong. He's like, that's, it's incredible. But he also went back to say, I, he said, I don't need to do that. He's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win golf tournaments. And for me, he said, personally, I need to hit the ball as long as I can hit it and still keep it in play. And I need to be sharper with my short game. So back to your, your comment there, if, if Tony can find some confidence around the greens with what he, with, with what he does, and he gets a couple wins under his belt, he still only has two wins, right? One, four, one, one. One win on one Port, win on the Puerto Rico 2016 Open. Puerto Rico Open opposite in, field in a, event in a plethora of top fives and majors and thirty. He's had thirty five top ten since that. He's like double the next closest person. So so and and people would say that's a choker. That to me, I look at that as this guy's ready to just dominate. Like well, so what is well, what is it in his game? It's the short game, right? He just doesn't. At the end of the day, he doesn't make enough putts, or is it he doesn't hit it close? I mean, because here's the thing: like we all know that. People say, oh, you know, I didn't make anything today. Well, here's the deal. Like, you, that, that's a that's a relative statement. I, I sure. You know, I didn't make anything today. Were you hitting them all average from, you know, 18 feet or were you hitting 45 footers all day? You know, so is yeah. that what his deal is? Because, like, he's, he's he checks so many boxes. It's, it's, um, You're right. I mean, I think it just comes down to the, the intangibles, like having that little bit of confidence over that, you know, downhill left to right or, you know, you've got a seven-footer that you need to make to keep the round going. Like those are the little things that you, you it's not a stat. There's nothing that you can pull up right. you know, on the PGA tour.com and say, Oh, this is where his weakness is. I mean, there are a few little things, but I think for him, it's just a matter of seeing some of these big, big moment putts go in and him getting the confidence. So the next time he's faced with it, he's like, you know what? I've done this before. You know, once he pulls the bandaid off and wins a big tournament, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, winning a PGA Tour event is incredible. Uh, but for a, for a guy with that type of skill set to only have won the Puerto Rico Open uh, it is doing his him a disservice of what what he's capable of. So I think he's a household if, name, right? I mean, yeah, everybody he's, knows. he's a household name. I mean, if you were to think about PGA Tour players, I mean, Tony Finau would pop in your mind before Patrick Cantlay and Cantlay's triple his wins 10th in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, maybe a, I was a little strong about. saying he's a choker, but he, he needs to get it done more than he has. It just yeah. hasn't seemed to work out, you know, on Sundays. I don't know if he just hasn't caught a break or a big break, if you will. Um, but wow. you know, it's wow. um, good one. I don't know. I just think he needs to, he needs to just get it done, dude. Come on. Just, he, there's no question. I think he would say the same thing. He, he just needs to get it done. He just needs to find a way to, to get it done and just, you know, like we've said, just sack up and you'd say, you know what? I'm better than all these guys, you know, but it's a hard thing to do. It's, it's, everyone's like, Oh, just be confident. I'm like, you just, you don't, you can't say just be confident. It's one of those things that you it's innate, it's internal. You just have to kind of have it and you have to feel it and you have to see it. And once it happens, it's just there, you know, it's like, it's inside. You're like, you know what? I got this, you know, I got this. And he, once he does it, if he does it, he may not. But if he ever does, 
watch out. Like he, I think he, I think he'd be a multiple major champion if he gets it. I mean, let's be honest. If you put Brooks Kepka and Finau next to each other in terms of skill set, Brooks Kepka is pretty skilled guy. But if they were both playing their best golf and they both had the same type of confidence, I think it would be pretty competitive. And, and Brooks has already got three majors. So. But that's a perfect like example. Of what we were just talking, we were talking about a minute ago. Like Brooks is the definition of that guy that like it's not about about for him it's not like who's got more talent who's golf swings better he's like i'm just gonna kick your ass yeah. you know yeah he and, could give two shits about anything exactly and like i so you know i, I love that right that's i won't say that's old school but it is a little bit but um yeah uh, brooks is a, if you could give tony brooks his kind of uh his attitude and his his mental you know game he'd, 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 he'd be, be a major champion no question. All righty. So, I guys, I shed a tear earlier this week or last week, I should say. The big cat. He big uh, cat. had another surgery. I am. I was just devastated. But who was surprised? I mean, really? Oh, no one. <laughs> like I thought you were talking about uh, Eduardo Romero with the big cat there. You know? No, no. Come on. <laughs> uh, Love that guy. So this whole tiger, like it's. You know, and everything with Tiger, you always feel like but back we're just saying Tony Finau, when he says something or his his team says something, you feel like you, you know, you're getting facts. And for for years and years with Tiger, you just, you know, okay, he's had this, you know, whatever it's called, a microdisectomotomy, you know, jingle Jimer Hammer Smith. Nailed it. Um, so like, you know, okay, first of all, Jingle Jimenheimer Smith. Yep. That's yep. that's what it says. I'm, that's it. usually what uh, getting a discotomy sounds like. Discot- but is this was a micro one, the small, opposed to the macro. Small. Just a little. But again, so it's like, all right. So you see this? We had a, you know, the whatever I just said. I'm not going to try again. Procedure to remove pressurized disc fragment that was leading to nerve pain. Um, okay, like I get that. I, I, actually, no, I don't get that. I don't know what that means at all. But um, <laughs> it's like how many? Oh, it's a fifth back surgery. Oh. Like that's that's I mean, can anybody on tour that's had five back surgeries? No, they're, I mean, they're out of the they're crazy. out of the game. You like, don't you don't see the, them anymore. <laughs> what's the yeah, right? Yeah, like it's it's unbelievable, man. I um you hate it for them. Uh I, I don't know. You just you never know what's around the corner for, for Tiger in, in in any aspect of life. Uh you hate it for the game too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because whether you whether you like him or not. Um, he moves the needle. It's no question. I mean, this is something that's a, it's a moot point there, but yeah, he, he is the needle. He doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. needle. Like, I mean, when he says he's going to play the ratings go through the roof and when he's not playing, they go back to normal. But when he's, when he's there, it's just a instant charge to any tournament. Do there's any chance he's ready for the masters? Because Rory came out and said, oh, yeah, I talked to him. He's going to be ready for the Masters. But, you know, the Tiger camp hasn't said a word. I don't think there's any chance he's here for the Masters. Tiger already came out and said that he's he hit balls. Oh, did yeah. he really? Yeah. That's something like we don't know. With like, there's, I don't, they, it doesn't tell you anything, these statements that his camp has made. And they've done this for years. It's so kind of vague. But you have, and, and I know it's, it's like it frustrates us as fans. Like think about the media. Think about sponsors. Think about these tournament sponsors. These guys, these tournament directors at an event that Tiger's come to, he's expecting him. I, you know, get this. I had this, you know, micro to do this. Um, you know, you know, hope yeah. to see you. Like the guy's going, holy cow. Like, 
you know, what do you, what do you guys think? I about flew going? to your, I flew to Uranus with the uh, top doctor in the world for <laughs> a new healing procedure that allows me to yeah. heal in six hours. You know what? I played golf the next day, shot 68. Yeah, I'm that, ready. That would be better. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> with his budget, if, you never fucking know. Yeah. What if we went with a, you know, the tag system like the NFL, you know, probable, questionable, doubtful, like what if we, that. And it's only for great. Tiger, only for Tiger, like Tiger, just give us two weeks out. Just tell us if you're questionable, if you're probable. And then, you know, we can, we can base our ticket sales off of that. I'll tell you what, you, this, uh, this kind of sports gambling thing continues to, you know, obviously it's, it's enormous, right? But if it continues to become more mainstream, Aaron, I bet you they will find a way to make, you know, think about it. There'll be so much big money involved that you're not going to be able to say, oh, I don't know what I'm going to play. <laughs> hey, sports, sports game was legal in Virginia now, baby. Yep. What a week. I'm saying like, I, what I'm a week. Coming up just to gamble. Money talks, baby. And like, you know, it's, um, I don't know. Interesting. Are we, are we going to, you know, well, maybe another time, but this, this Tiger HBO thing. I need to watch it before we can talk about it. it. I'm I'm cheap. I don't have HBO Max yet, so I need to get HBO Max. Uh, Yeah, and uh, I'm not cheap enough not to take a free login either. The good news is by the time we will get to it, everybody would have seen it, and a lot of people would have probably forgotten. That's right. We can rehash it. You know, We can can buy a show HBO Max account, and I'll just share it, guys. Tiger plays Masters, and he finishes eighth. Mark it down right now. Call it. That's a, I think that's aggressive. I would love to see it. I love to see him in contention, but I think that's aggressive. Eighth, baby. Yeah, but if there's a if there's a course you're gonna put him in a uh, contention, it's gonna be Augusta. I don't care if he hadn't played. Where else are you gonna put him in contention? Where do you like him better? Well, he'll definitely be at the Champions Dinner for the lines of cocaine from DJ. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's he gonna serve? I mean, maybe he won't be that hungry. Apparently. <laughs> Sorry, that was diverging. Sorry, we didn't mean to. No, that just came. That that was, um, you know, DJ. Like, it's funny you say it because, like, you know, that guy. You talk about just somebody that that kind of bucks all the trends we were talking about, right? Like he's, he's, he's athletic. He's we know that part, right? But he doesn't have the most perfect golf swing. He doesn't, you know, he just he just is, right? He just does it, right? He just goes out, lets his game do his talking, doesn't get rattled. you know, it'd be hard to bet against DJ at Augusta. Put it that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that kind of leads me to our, our next topic. Probably the second hottest guy in the world next to DJ. Uh, is it Tyrell? Tyrell? How do you Tyrell. say it? Tyrell Hatton. I'm going to go with Tyrell. Well, it depends on where you're like. You know, if you like being you know, wrong, that works. We'll That's fine. Down here hey. in the South, we say Tyrell. Hey, ask, like, ask my wife. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. So um, we'll go Tyrell Hatton wins the uh, Abu Dhabi. Had a kind of, I wouldn't say a duel with Rory. I saw a decent amount of this opening the shop in the morning um, with the early coverage, but uh, he played his ass off in that final round. Didn't really give anyone a chance. It was a, a little anticlimactic. He just kind of put put his foot in everyone's throat, but he's all the way up to number five in the world rankings. Holy cow. I didn't. Number, he has four wins in the last 14 months. Um, and if you don't love that guy, like, I mean, Great personality, right? Great just, personality. Where's his emotions on his sleeve? Like, talk about Tiger. What you, you know, he makes a statement which you like that. I don't get anything from that. Like with Terrell, after he, you know, whether it, whether it's Twitter or an interview, like you know where he stands and you know how he feels after every shot, for that matter. So the biggest reason I wanted to talk about this, if you guys haven't seen it, the European Tour put out a video 
Yeah. Um, when angry glum, angry golfers. <laughs> oh my god! Any of y'all listeners? All of our dozens and millions of listeners. Um, so really, just our wives. Uh, they need to go watch this video. It Hilarious. was it was great. The European tour, they do some awesome social media and PR videos and campaigns. But, um, yeah, between hat and yeah, what was the saying? If if you're glum, put up you're the feeling thumb. Glum, pop the thumb. thumb. Pop the thumb. And then oh, Matt Wallace was on it. He was talking about his caddy and and apologizing for yelling at his caddy. But then did you see they actually were giving thumbs up on the golf course? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. What what who was it? Was it Matt Wallace that like almost lost it? And then, like, kind of composed himself. Like, that's Hatton yeah. did the same thing. That, yeah. That maybe, yeah, that's that. That was great. That was so great. Look, there's there's somebody on this uh, podcast right now that you know I would have loved to have told the hey, when you're glum, put out your thumb. <laughs> you know, to, to, yeah. and I won't name any names, Jay. I don't, Winston, but, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you know, it's been it, a long it, time since I've broken a club. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Mainly because I have to pay for them now. <laughs> yeah, we got a guy. Though. I know, doesn't guy. that suck? <laughs> that's, that's, well, it makes you appreciate him. I got some really nice, really nice sticks. Shout out to possible glove sponsors out there. <laughs> Emergency nine gloves. We're, we're willing to make some donations. Yeah. Hashtag no free ads. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Re- I didn't realize he had won four times though. Yeah, that's right. On the European tour, well, it, it's going to be the European PGA tour or the European or the PGA well, that, tour. That also includes yeah. Bay Hill. He won last year, which yeah. was a grind. Well, yeah, and he won by four. Rory finished thirteen. Tommy Fleetwood finished ten under. I mean, he beat some good players. It's not like he beat a bunch of unknowns over there. Mm-hmm. Which, no disrespect to the European tour, those guys are not unknown. They're great players, um, just not as deep. Well, yeah, I mean, hell. It's uh, it's so top heavy. Like, let yeah. me throw some slight shade to the uh, reward system, point system that those guys get. But regardless of which, um, he beat a bunch of good players. Uh, he's been a stalwart over there, and I think we're going to see a lot more from him. I like to see him on the PGA Tour a little bit more often so we can yeah. get some more of it. He's a could great personality. Put, all right, guys, could you put Tommy Fleetwood in that same kind of bucket as a yes. Tony Fee now? And even what we said a little bit about Absolutely. Patrick Cant- Cantley, right? Like. You know, dude, well, I, I mean, it's so just on that, that no flaws. That list that Tony Finau had 35 top 10 since his last win, Fleetwood second. He's like at 17 or 18, something like that. So, yeah, he's he's up there. He can't seem to get it done on this side of the pond. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't get it done on that side of the pond much either. Yeah. I mean, he's just a – How many times has he won? Uh, Hold, please. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. I mean, no, he's a – I mean – superior ball striker i mean there's no no question i mean you watch him swing everybody watches you know they they replay his swing all the time and show you how great it is he's great ball striker but anytime you know there's a reason a guy uses a strange grip (laughs) like that right i knew you were going there i I mean i'll be honest like you're right i agree and tony Finau does the same thing they both kind of have that weird like you know i remember when i was working with kirk lucas who used to be jonathan bird's teacher and jonathan uh, we were, uh, Kirk and I were working on stuff and, uh, Jonathan was getting ready to win uh, a tournament against, uh, you one of your NC state buddies. Um, uh, right. who, uh, who Justin, was Justin, who Walton. Was, 
Who was no? Who's the NC State guy who used the long the long putter? Carl Short Peterson. Carl. Carl Peterson. Not Carl. Uh, oh, Tim Clark. Tim Clark. Tim Clark. So he beat Tim Clark. Tim Clark missed a putt on the last hole, and <laughs> and and uh, Kirk looks at me and says, "The reason he uses a long putter, you know, you don't grow up using a long putter. You use a long putter. You use a funky grip because you can't putt with your hands on it like normal. I mean, I hate to say that. You're now, dead right." There's there's a few circumstances where that's been different, like a Webb Simpson who started using it in college, and but for the most part, it, you don't start using a long putter unless you really struggle with the uh, using it the conventional way. So there's something going on there that he's not super confident in it. And if there's one thing that you need to be confident in is being able to make that clutch putt. I mean, the 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 greatest players that you've ever heard of, Jack Lincoln, Tiger Woods. I mean, you know, Rory McIlroy, all these guys, they can they make those big putts at the end of the day. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. They want to see these pressure putts made. And uh, some of these guys doesn't mean that they can't or they won't. They just haven't yet. All right. Everyone needs to go Google Tommy Fleetwood and go to his Wikipedia page. The picture <laughs> of his profile is ridiculous. <laughs> He's got short hair and no beard. He looks nothing like the Tommy Fleetwood, you know, looks like a like a little kid. It is unbelievable. Sorry, I started dying laughing when you were talking, Jay. Yeah, I thought you were laughing at me, which is not not not. Well, uncommon. yeah, at some point I will, but <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, but no, he has five wins on the European tour. A couple big ones. He's won Abu Dhabi a couple times. Um, the Ned Bank. He's won a couple of their Rolex Series events. Uh, um, kind of higher but, dollar ones. On that topic, though, of, of Hatton winning over there in Abu Dhabi, how about Rory McIlroy? Shooting even even par um, going into the final day. What, what did he have a one or one one stroke lead going into the final day over over Hatton, and then got the doors blown off? I don't say this is the most him. Rory thing ever. Man, I, I I'm not gonna lie, dude. I love Rory. I think he's awesome, and I just I you, he's, so, he's so talented. Like we we I think our we are our expectation. It's like we want him to be the next Tiger. But it's like, come on, guys. Like, who th- is there going to be another Tiger no. like that? No, there's not. I mean, the guy has won 20 plus times on tour. He's he's won five, four majors, five majors, four majors or five majors. I, I know he's missing the Masters, but I think he's won four. Um, no, five. He's won a PGA, a couple, uh, a couple U.S. Opens, and a couple PGAs, I think. But uh, he's won say, four, four majors, four majors. But I mean, the guy's a stud. I mean, and he's. Is very down to earth, very humble, but um, yeah, it's just it's it always you're right. It's so Rory. It's like it's man, it's hard to say, right? It's hard to get on a guy that's that successful, that, yeah. That, but it's but it you know you're like, I mean, I, don't I know. think I think our expectations are. I mean, we were we were somewhat. I think we were spoiled with Tiger in those ten years. You know, uh, you know that ten yeah, years. He's, he's said in two thousand nine. It was it was like he won thirty five percent of the times he teed up. That's just unfathomable. For anyone to be able to win that many times, Tiger. So you think we compare somebody? Uh, next I think I think so. I mean, I, I still think everybody's looking for the next the great player, and they try to make they try to make one of these guys like Tiger. It's just like, come on, he's a generational player. Like it's just it, there's no one dominated the game. Not Tiger. Not Byron Nelson. Well, ben Hogan possibly, but nobody dominated for a ten-year span like Tiger did from, uh, from ninety-nine to two thousand nine. Well, even Jack's winning percentage was like sixteen, seventeen percent. I mean, yeah. Tiger blew that out of the water, like so over thirty, over thirty percent for that for that stretch. Yeah, and I think his career is like twenty-six percent, and that's with how many bad years mixed in there. You know, 
Um, but. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think Rory should win a little bit more. I mean, the guy has what is he? 30, 31, 18 PGA Tour wins, 14 on the European Tour, you know, four it's majors. Insane. It's a pretty damn good resume already. Think- right. If his career ended today. But well, hold on. I, 30, I think it's a combination One wins. You said no, he's got he's 31 years old. He's 18 wins on the PGA Tour, 14 on the European Tour. Yeah. So but he's got 32 professional wins yeah. on on really, you know, the best two tours on, in the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 31 years old and he's got 32 professional wins, four majors. I mean, th- this is a hall of famer we're talking about. And like, we're criticizing. I feel like it's disappointment. Like think about it. You're hundred percent right. I, I think it's not the fact that it, he has put himself. It's not that he just doesn't win when we expect him to. It's like, he's put himself in contention you know, on, you know, mid, I don't say the back night on Sunday. It's not like he's, you know, you know, gagging it, but it's like, he's had the lead yeah. 54 and not one more than you would expect from someone. Who's got. I think that's what, for me personally, that's what it is. It's like, cause there's also those weeks that you don't, you know, he's playing, you don't even see his name. You know, he makes a cut, but he kind of, and like, I used to think with Rory that for a guy, so he's second in driving distance right now on tour. 327.7 yards we'd have. 327.7 yards to second, right? He's only two yards behind Bryson, not even. Um, so, like, and he's, I mean, he he has to weigh, what, like a quarter of the weight of Bryson. Yeah, he's and about a buck 55, buck 60. That, like, to, for him to do that, to create that speed, like, there's a lot of flip. I mean, y'all seen his, through impact, his hands, like, it is – you got to time it. My, and his, he, it's all timing with him. That's why I feel like the weeks he's there or the weeks he's not. He's but he um, it pretty straight. I mean, I don't. Gosh, he drives it so straight. He's yeah, in control. I mean, it's just I think that short irons. You know, he, he doesn't. When he's got a nine iron in his hand, middle of the fairway. You know, just dead aim. You know, he, he, you see him hit it to thirty feet more than yeah. you would expect. Yeah. Um, and here I am trying to be critical, man. I, yeah, you know, but, I, mean, I hit it fat. Hey, but like, that's, that's why we're here. I mean, that's we, what, yeah, we, that's all, we all know that these guys are light years ahead of both of us. But from us, from a fan, we have a right to have an opinion on, oh, on yeah. watching these guys. Doesn't mean we don't like them, but we're just trying to point out some of the. I think that's the thing with me would be better. Not that they, these guys aren't trying to work on them. I mean, you know, you know, I will say that. They, they probably know the same thing and they've probably heard the same thing from their coaches and they're trying mm-hmm. to fix them, but <laughs> the shit's yeah. hard, man. Oh, the shit right. is hard. <laughs> think, this game is hard. That's the biggest thing with, for me with Rory is that it's like, you know, the weeks he's, you know, tied for 35th going into Sunday, you know, nobody says anything about it. It's the ones when he's like a shot back or has a lead and he doesn't win. That's yeah. when you go, huh? Like you would expect, Rory to to close the deal. So yeah, shut the door. Shut but, that yeah. door. Welcome back, McLean. Yeah, sorry, guys. He's back. Wife. First episode. We're already boring you. No, I'm married. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not not said. Not said. Yeah. Sorry. He's, you know he's he's married. We're not boring him. It's just but you know Ford might be in that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be so much trouble for that coming. Mike, um, he's not going to listen to this podcast. No, right. yeah, she didn't know we're doing it. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but um, speaking I'm of ready. wives, I'm ready to go. Speaking Sorry. of wives, let's go to the LPGA tour. Uh-huh. 
How about Jessica Corder getting it done at Diamond? I got to say, that was the most attractive final grouping I've ever seen on the LPGA Tour. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. The Corder sisters sisters and Danielle Kang. Well, how about two sisters shoot 44 under on the LPGA Tour this week? I'm sorry. No, 46 under. Jessica Corda with uh, 24 under. Her sister Nelly, 22 under. Um, show me another household getting that done on a major professional tour. Great point, man. It really is pretty cool. Well, they come from just pure athletes in their family. I mean, their dad is Peter Corda, won an Australian Open, big time tennis player. There's, I think it's their younger brother is a tennis player. Um, who's had a lot of success professionally. So that's definitely a, um, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely helps, but how about 60, 66 on the weekend for nine under yeah. on Saturday afternoon on the back nine, one par and an Eagle. Um, that's just stupid. Gets it done. Takes her to uh first in the race to CME globe rankings. Currently yeah. ranked 17th in the uh, Rolex rankings. She's getting I- it done. She's a great American um, golfer at, at this moment. I mean, I think she's going to be big time when it comes Solheim cup. I mean, I, I don't want to play the obnoxious American here, but it was nice to see three Americans in contention. Um, now, granted, I know a lot of a lot of the international players didn't play in this event. One, it was for winners only, and two, there's so many quarantine rules that a lot of them didn't come back stateside. Um, you know, from wherever they're from, or but still, it was nice to see three Americans. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to any of the international um, ladies players. I mean, my God, they they are what the LPGA is at this point. You know, we're riding their backs, and uh, I think we're all happy to have them building that brand. It's okay to pull for the underdog a little bit, though. I mean, at this point, it seems like the American golfers (laughs) in the LPGA Tour are kind of like the underdogs. I mean, the foreign golfers are kicking our ass, you know? And and rightfully so, they've been playing great. I mean, there's so many there's so many studs that you've probably never heard of. They that they show that show up, and you're like, wow, like this girl, it looks like a you know robot the way they swing. It's just perfect, you know. There's some amazing golf swings in the LPGA tour. I I love watching the LPGA tour. I watch it a lot. I think some of the golf swings are unbelievable. Nelly Quarter's golf swing is one of the best in the world, hands Fantastic. down. I don't care who you're Most talking about. Most of them are yeah. really good. I mean, their golf swings, right? You're perfect. You're 100 right. Man. They're fundamentally sound, and it's like. They don't I, I like, like Bryson's a perfect example, right? So Bryson, uh, Grant, we know he's also really good at everything else, but if Bryson was just doing what he's doing, bombing it, right? Like he would have some success with just that if the rest of his game wasn't what it is. But on the on the women's side, you know, you don't see that. Like you you see complete players from top to bottom, you know, um, which is which is cool because I, I feel like it's almost more relatable for for you know the average you know, Joe or Jane, um, because you see Bryson, you see Tony Finau, like, I, I can't relate to that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that game, but anyway, well, I think that's why, you know, for like, especially like players who I teach and coach on a regular basis, they're better off watching the LPGA tour. And, you know, you see all these golf magazines doing what's in the bag. Like what, what are we looking at Brooks Kepka's bag for? Like my yeah. members aren't buying the same stuff or should it even be, attempting to buy the same stuff that Brooks Kepka is, but most of your members should be playing the same stuff that's in, you know, some of these, these ladies bags, or if not, if not, if not softer or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are some the of these good girls players. Swing, 
Yeah, some of these girls swing faster than your most of your members at the club, Mike. I mean, oh, yeah. but but it would be a more it would be more comparable to see like what are they playing? You know, that's in terms of swing speed, um, not not skill set around the greens, but swing speed wise, you know, it's definitely uh, a, a better comparison to see what's working for them and how you can fit it into uh, some of your guys' bags. I mean, I know everybody's been making the switch to graphite irons, uh, iron shafts. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, does anybody in this group know anything about that? Hey, I play graphite iron chess. Mm, there you uh, go. I, do I, know, as well. I know a master fitter who put me into him. Look, I, I've been I've been saying this for years, and I, I truly believe over the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of progress made. I think that's going to be kind of one of the next um, technology jumps that you'll see on tour. And I, and I mean this, we're, we've seen it a lot on the amateur level, but I, I'm talking about at the elite level. Uh, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of difference made. I mean, we already had Bryson win with 14 graphite shafts in the bag, including putter. Um, they are making graphite shafts with new materials that are way more consistent. That's what They're it was, little, right? I don't mean to interrupt. Long as, no, you're absolutely right, Tom. Yeah, I know so exactly for the average viewer, he, they don't understand why, what's like, why, you know, good players stayed away from graphite in the past. So go. Absolutely. Absolutely. For the longest time, graphite was made with different materials. Um, it was not made with the advanced materials that we have now. Um, you know, they've got Torre amongst a ton of other materials that I'd be ignorant to try and list them all because I probably can't pronounce them all. But with that being said, what we're seeing is a new generation of graphite being produced for iron shafts, heavier iron shafts, um, we're talking stiffer iron shafts because the biggest thing that we saw for the longest time is it was too light. Um, it did not have the consistency that we wanted to see for most players. Um, it launched much too high. The, the whole thing with graphite originally was to launch the ball higher. It was supposed to be lighter and it was supposed to be easier to use. They weren't making the graphite shafts to benefit a better player because steel really ju they just felt was the only option. They made graphite specifically for the older, slower swing speed generation. Now you're seeing a different trend where they understand the benefits of graphite. If you're looking at a PGA tour player that hits, you know, 75,000 balls a year. Well, if he hits them with a graphite shaft versus a steel shaft, his body is going to be fatigued. A, I don't know the exact number, but I'd love to, I'd love to try to find some way to, you know, quantify it. The percentage that he will feel fatigued is going to be much less, much less with graphite versus steel. Don't you use so, graphite? I use graphite. Absolutely. I play the Aerotech steel fiber. Um, I'm back in that shaft. I've played it for a couple of years. I, I went back to steel and I have a little bit of an issue with my elbow. So I, once I went back to my old X 100s, I was hitting them. And over a short period of time, I started noticing if I played three to four rounds in a short period of time, my elbows start to flare up. I go back to steel fibers. It's totally uh, alleviated. So even someone that's playing a little amount, if you just think about how much your body is taking from hitting as many balls as a tour player does, there's an absolute advantage from graphite with the new materials. I think we're going to see something over the next few years. Yeah. You so, can put way more tech into a, the graphite shafts. Now Ricky and Fowler I, just went to him. McLean. Yeah. What, uh, what, what's the, what's the difference there in terms of how it affects your body? Is it the weight or is it the, is it the, the dynamics and the construction of the graphite, the, where the vibration is less on your, because 
uh, you know, the weight they've got some lighter, you know, steel shafts now that, that people can use. But I think it sounds like the, the actual material and the construction of the graphite shaft is what can dampen the, the vibration and, and the fatigue on, on the body. Not so much just the weight. Is that right? Number one benefit is the vibration dampening. It's the amount of energy that the shaft stores that doesn't go into your body. I mean, a golf shaft in every steel and graphite is meant to store energy, collect it, and release it at the correct time. That's what a golf shaft is supposed to do for you in the, in the, the most vague terms, right? Yeah. So with that being said, the one thing they're able to do with graphite is that they're actually able to produce a more perfect product, if that makes sense because they're manufacturing it to the nth degree of tolerance levels with some manufacturers, they can place kick points, weighting, um, a, a variety of different things, uh, aspects of a shaft, and in much different locations to a much more exact specification than they've ever been to been able to before. They can also- really... They can really modify the shaft weight, you know, like you said, kick point torque. They can really modify this to meet the each golfer's exact specifications rather with, you know, the steel construction shafts. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's steel wrapped around and it's met in, in, in it's a cylinder met in one spot, has a seam and there's no other way around it. But the way these graph graphite shafts are, are, are made and constructed, it's a little bit different, right? It's a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. The steel is fantastic. The steel out there is still great. With that being said, there are less limitations with graphite. That's the better way of better way of looking at it. You can do a ton with steel and there's a lot of great things that have been done with steel, but the, um, (laughs) the limitations with graphite are not unlimited, but let's just say that there are a lot more opportunities. Tom, let's, let's hear what you got, bro. I I just, I'm going to, you know, play devil's advocate here a little bit. And, um, my comment would be, all right, what happened to like, I love, you know, being able to dial everything into, you know, so specific is great, but what happened to like talent? You know, like these, I mean, obviously there's still, but I mean, we're, we're talking, there's guys, Jack Nicholas didn't deal with this stuff. He didn't, you know, you ask Jack Nicholas in his prime, like, you know, what's his swing weight was his clubs. He might not have known you ask like what the frequency was. And I'm not knocking anything now. Cause it's a different yeah. game, different yeah. world, but I'm just saying like, it's there's something about craft. I mean, I'll tell you this. So like my, my father told me that in his prime, his five iron shaft was weaker than the rest of his iron set. And he knew it. So he just kind of, he hung on every time he had fires, he kind of hung on. Cause he knew it was going to kick a little early. Cause it was a little weak. And I, when I first time I was like, what? I was like, what, 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 what you were, you know, you were, you were doing big things at the time. Like what? He's like, that, that's just kind of what we did. We didn't know any different. <laughs> Which is kind of Your dad never hung so on to a underplayed. shot. So <laughs> underplayed big things. I'm lying. Yeah, I'm lying. Things, you know? I'm just saying, though, like, I'm just, my point is that, like, it's, there's, there's some of that, and you look at some of these guys now, with, you, you'll see guys on tour, or let's say in college, or, you know, heck, at your local country club that have a perfect golf swing, and they can't, you know, they can't break an egg. They don't get out, get out of what their game, which you think yeah. they should. Let's put it that way. You know, and I'm going to jump in here, Tom. I agree with you 100%. But I think that if you don't take advantage of innovation, 
a little bit. I'm not saying I told you always should. You're 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 going to be left behind and your dad, you know, he, while he knew that his five iron shaft was maybe a little weak and he hung onto it. That's probably all that they had. They also swung at it like 67 miles an hour. too. (laughs) As as speeds increase as, um, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, uh, increase so, new materials. Yeah, they've yeah. got more options, you know. Well, to I'm like, not, not, not down there. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, and I've got I've got a good one for you. So here's where I look at it. It does allow our tour players to get better. It does allow our elite to get a little bit better. Um, we are able to provide them with better equipment. And over time, I think you will see a shift because there's an obvious benefit from a fatigue factor um, from what your body is um, absorbing. I think without question, over time, that will become something that people think about. And I think the products are going to reflect that. With that being said, the bigger benefit is that it helps bring more people to golf and it helps make the average golfer better because all of a sudden you're you're now able to take a middle handicap golfer and give him a product that allows him to be more successful. And whenever you're able to help benefit a golfer's game, that helps bring them to the game. That totally. helps bring more people yeah. to the game. And Keeps I us all employed. Where, yeah, I think that's where the greater <laughs> benefit is. That benefits all four of us on this uh, on this podcast. No, and but I agree, hundred percent. Like you could you could say you know my analogy doesn't hold much water because you could say it for anything. Right? Think about the think about the shoes, the basketball shoes Moses Malone you know played in. Right? <laughs> right? Like so, and it was a different game. You know, was he a stud? Absolutely. But was was he as big and powerful? And did he? you know, cut as hard and put as much strain on, you know, his shoe. Zion Williamson, perfect example. Remember what he did to the so, shoe. Yeah. Anyway, I'm refuting my own argument, hey, but love yeah, you I mean, talent, hey. I think talent still trumps. I mean, talent's talent, right? If you have talent, I mean, everyone has this access to this equipment nowadays. Yeah. It's, it's better than the 1980s, but so are phones, so are computer, everything's better. Right. So that's just, you know, the world we live in now, but I think it's the player who can, mix the talent with the equipment with the mental with the course management there's so many different facets of this game that is going to make a successful golfer um it's not just the equipment but hell yeah take every advantage you can hey tom hey jay (laughs) speaking of uh speaking of hanging on to shots i just i i've told this story to mike and and tom before but (laughs) talk about you i'm available your dad hanging on to golf shots, it sparks a, a good memory of mine. We were standing on the range down in Moorhead City one day, and uh, this is when he had just gotten out on the championship. Shout out to Nick Eman. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Shout out to Nick Eman down in Moorhead City Country Club. Um, but your your dad, we were hitting balls on the range, and uh, and he was this. I think he was like fifty one or fifty two, so he had just only played a couple of seasons and. You know, he, you know, your dad's got a lot of things. He's fishes a lot. He's got a lot of things that he's focused on. So, I mean, he was trying to get out and get back into it. And he had been in the booth forever. So he was out practicing and he had, I don't know who fit him. Somebody gave him some shaft and he was hitting these blow hook bullets on the range. He's like, he's like, I'm hooking everything. He's like, what's going on? He's like, just watch a couple, watch a couple shots for me. Watch a couple. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch a couple. So he's hitting these low rope hooks. And I'm like, I was like, I was like, Kurt, I was like, can you, can you hit one of those, you know, hit that little high fade you used to hit, uh, you know, you, you put, did pretty well in the, in the eighties and nineties, early nineties with that shot. And he was like, Oh, he's like that shot. He's like, you mean this one? And he hits, I think four or five, 
of these, the most beautiful, like two yard fades that I've ever seen in my life. And I think they all landed on top of each other. And I could probably drop a, you know, a blanket on top of all four of these. And I'm like, I'm looking at them with my eyes wide open because I've never been able to hit a the fade that landed that close together. And he was like, he's like, you mean that shot? And I'm like, yes. I was like, hit that shot. I was like, that's perfect. And he looks at me and he says, I fucking hate that shot. I've hated it forever. It's like, it feels terrible. But I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and the moral of that story is, you know, that kind of that instinct, that kind of that, that, you know, killer or whatever we were talking about that, you know, some guys have some, mm. it can work the other way too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes hey, you just you can't take accept anything that's not what you have in your head, even if it's, Stubborn. even if it's good enough. But you, you got to take the good with the bad. And, and, and that was, again, that's something that he just, he had, he hated it, but he made it work. And he was like, I want to, I, I don't want to do that anymore. So it is what it is, you know, but it was a funny story. And, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, I don't think we played a whole lot of golf since then, but I'd love to get back out and see him hit those fades again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that the language will be about the same as well. <laughs> well, we, so, we somehow ended up at your dad from Jessica quarter, but you know, whatever, um, okay. both, both hey. pretty, both pretty cool in their own right. Um, she hits it further than he does. Is that kind of what the conclusion? She probably definitely does. Are we, are we still, are we still talking equipment? Cause I do have, uh, something new that I just found this week that oh, could be it. could be something that catches on it's unbelievable i saw um two co-workers of mine in the golf industry drop over 500 dollars a piece on a golf shaft this week oh that, that cost, probably. Do, do tell no, yeah, it, was, I, it was at cost it was at cost 100 so oh wow this is new shaft out of korea called the autoflex shaft um uh, Auto tune, auto tune. Hello, auto flex. Auto flex. So this thing's crazy. So I got to be honest with you. This is like nothing. It's it's very hard to um, describe. But with that being said, the double X, uh, which is meant to hold up to 125 mile an hour club head speed. So that's the one that these two guys got. One's left handed, one's right handed. It is something to where when you just hold it, you waggle it, you lean on it to put your tee in the ground. It feels like a noodle. But when you make your transition and you come down, it feels stiff as a board all of a sudden. Hmm. It's very, very odd. You have to no, I I, ha, I can't describe it. It has it, the shaft even says Korea hidden technology. It retails for eight hundred dollars. We got a steal on them. Got a hook up from a, a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. It's and like a thermos. Him, <laughs> and a these thermos. guys literally. It keep it hot. It keep it cold. Yeah. <laughs> how do it? No colored. Uh, how can you do it? It blew my mind. <laughs> It's like so, a thermos. So like, are you seeing it on tour? Or, you know, no one on tour is playing it yet, but it's very, it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Is it conforming? I can't describe it to you, but it's something where you're meant to swing. Like for the average player, I think it's going to be huge if it catches on for your smooth swingers. Because if you have that smooth Ernie L's, Jay Woodson uh, tempo, those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah, get, get out of here. Um, <laughs> It is adding crazy club head speed uh, for my buddy who's left-handed that works with us. It added, he's up over 170 ball speed with wow. like 114 club head speed. Wow. Uh, he's not there with his normal driver. Uh, he's picked up a lot of distance, carrying it over 300 yards. All of a sudden he's like, um, it feels very weird at first, but as I timing out, it's something. 
and it's a product I've never. What is the material? It doesn't tell you. It's Korea hidden technology. Whoa. It even says it on the shaft. Is it from outer space? Uh, Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is not in this country as contrary to New Mexico, which we covered on episode 0.5. Like, is the material from outer space? Korea. Korea. Well, it depends. I mean, North Korea is, you know, we know less about North Korea than we do outer space. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, shout out to Autoflex Shafts. Um, something un- I've, Autoflex. Never thought, I've never even comprehended. No, we- um, I think you might see more of in the future. What what is it? What's the name, McLean? So we can get a we can put a plug in there. What's it? Do you know the name yeah. of the shaft other hey, than hey, Autoflex? Hey guys, hashtag no Auto free ads. Let's be careful here. Autoflex. They better pay us for all this. Yeah. It's one hundred percent Autoflex. That's it. That's the name of the company. Autoflex. Autoflex. Nice. Shout out Korean hidden technology. It's pink. all right. We need to uh, we need to, name we need to add Autoflex hashtag Autoflex and see uh, what they got. See if we can get some samples. Try it out. We'll put some uh, put some reviews on the podcast. I, I can actually make that happen. Yeah. Um, the Let's number do it. The, my guy is like the number one dealer. Yeah, and he took some pictures with my guys the other day. Sent it to the guy. I can actually probably make that happen. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Let's awesome. get in the studio at the Foundry. We'll, we'll get this. Yeah. Come on, let's I start love this it. idea. And let's we'll check flex Autoflex. Yeah, no, I, I, I will make this happen. I think I can make this happen. Yeah, you, you, you can make it happen. Let's all say make it happen one more time. Well, you know the difference of like uh, just us sending text saying like I can make it happen is like now like you're being recorded. (laughs) Yeah, you actually have to follow through all of a sudden. Yeah, not just a drunk statement. I don't know anything about Dude, that. No, McLean, that's awesome. This is the this is cool stuff. I mean, you, you obviously are in the circles there to to get an inside scoop on stuff, and this is super cool. I I love it. I I'd love, love to do some testing with this versus our normal uh, drivers. Um, you know, yeah. tip correctly, and yeah. I, McLean, is it USGA conforming? It is absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, mm. they retail eight hundred dollars. We got the absolute hookup. I already said I, I feel bad. I threw that price out there because um, we got <laughs> we the definitely that needs to be edited because they're like almost. <laughs> can we edit auto? It was way more auto flex is going to actually come back and say they're actually fourteen hundred eight hundred dollars. We paid seven hundred and ninety five dollars. He gave us a five dollar break. Hypothetically. Yeah, but it blew my mind. These guys, here's what's crazy about it. Here's what was nuts about it. Two guys in the industry that are used to not paying for anything suddenly heard about this immediately. He goes, um, let's do it right now. And I watched two guys spend over a thousand dollars just like that and went out and I hit more fairways than both of them that after. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, that was the first time they hit it. I saw some good data the day after. Um, I think it's something that we need to test out. I, I think it could be something that helps the average player a large amount. I think there's definitely a place for it in the market. That's awesome. That's cool stuff. So we move moving on a little bit here, but we were going to talk about, we just kind of had an equipment segment, which we might even add to this as we work through this podcast. We may change our certain segments every week and have a few that stick. We were going to talk about Darren Clark, one of the Mitsubishi, but we're going to kind of skip right over this. All I want to say is... I love Darren Clark. He's the I, man. I love Darren <laughs> Clark. I would love to have a hamburger and a beer with that guy, but the guy's a unit. He is huge. Have you seen him? My Lord. 
you know what? And he owns it too. Like he is, he's yeah. got, he is suave. Yeah. I mean the, the gray, the full gray beard is looking good, man. I mean, he, he didn't used to though. Like he's always been a slick, you know, been a, but a great character of the game. Right. But you know, as he's gotten older, he's gotten much more, um, kind of Rico suave. That's right. You wouldn't introduce your mom to him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Derek Clark. He's, he's I awesome. love the guy. Uh, that was back-to-back wins for him out there on the Champions Tour. Or the I've got Tour I've got, Champions, as they call it. He's Mike, had a really cool career. Mike, I will say, I've got uh, – you're going to love this. Uh, when I played in uh, Mexico in the Mayacoba, so they didn't have balls stocked up for everybody. So they, each guy had their balls shipped in. So I, I Mondayed in and didn't have any balls. I was just expecting to go there and be able to get, like, a tailor-made van, which – why would there be a van there? It's in Mexico. <laughs> But either, either way, I get there and the, the rep was like, hey, I think I've got some extra balls here. Let me give you VJ's balls, number 19, which is my number. You know, flashback right. flashback to high school football. So I took those. I was like, this is awesome. And you were then 19. I was number 19. And Darren Clark had these super cool tailor made balls with this DC in the shape of a four leaf clover. And I'm like, give me those. I was like, <laughs> I was like, give me a bunch of those, and then I'm going to save like a bunch of those dozens and keep them forever because those are super cool. But that's awesome. Derek Clark's got one of the coolest, coolest logos on the planet. We'll have to, we'll have to pull that up. And you uh, still have them? Still have them. They're right. They're in. They're in my uh, golf closet here. Both, both of those. You still have VJs? Still have VJs. Yep. That could be a topic. Super top, cool. Top PJ Tour Pro logos. Oh yeah. That Darren Clark's has got to be one of the coolest because it's in a four leaf clover being an Irish guy. It's super cool. I'm on the fence about having one though. I'll be honest. I was gonna say you. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen Darren Clark's logo. What's VJ's logo? Uh, VJ didn't have a logo. Oh yeah. I like when you see a guy. It was, a, it was a middle finger with TW on the top of it. You know, dude only <laughs> won like 45 times on tour. You know, <laughs> oh. just bleeding hands from all hitting, hitting all those golf balls on the driving range. Gosh. Him and Lonto Griffin are become butt buddies, man. They're just hanging out nonstop, which is super cool. Good for Lonto. Uh, it's Lonto. Uh, he's a he's a stud, man. He is a stud. He's gonna do it. Lonto, when I was uh, teaching full time at Golf Tech here in town, when he was playing for VCU, Coach Ball would bring the team in. I don't know, once every couple of weeks, and Lonto was on the team. He was a stud back then, and there was uh, another guy who was playing on tour from that team. Um, Campos, Campos. No, yeah, Robbie I don't Ball. know if he's. Do he still have a status or not? But I'm not sure. I mean, um, yeah, either either Web or European or yeah, he was out there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's kind of make our way. These la- we're going to combine these last two topics. We got Tory Pines this week. Um, we'll do a little preview of that, and then we'll give our picks. And I know McLean and I have picked a DraftKings team. Tom doesn't know what DraftKings is. Um. You know, I'm not a gambler, okay, Mike? Well, we're going to turn you into a gambler, buddy. Challenge. <laughs> Challenge. Um, not a gambler, so my ass. I love Tory. Tory's probably one of my one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's just a great tournament to watch. Um, especially when it's cold here to watch the uh, those people parasailing on the side there off the cliffs. That's <laughs> that's for me, pal. Um, Maybe one of the, like, more, I mean, between the north and the south, right? Those are two courses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there anywhere else with 36 holes, championship holes, I'll say, that, you know, are so contrasting in regards to, like, just stroke average? You know, I mean, you know, wing foot, Baltus Raw, you know, there's plenty of places, right, they've got 36 or more. But 
I feel like that place, you know, you kind of, you're, you're sweating when you're on the first tee of one place and you're kind of, you know, chomping at the bit on the first tee of the other one. Yeah. It's also a uh, preview for the U S open too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the U S opens, the U S opens there this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I bet it's going to be hard. I bet it's going to be really, really hard. Absolutely. I mean, it always is U S open. I don't, like, I don't think they break bar. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a good. At you don't think venue. they you don't think they break par for this event or for the U.S. No, Open for the U.S. Open? I don't think they break par for the U.S. Open at Tory if the USGA is in charge. And they'll try with, some stuff this week. Like I mean, it, it's this yeah. is what they do, right? They will definitely try some pins. They will, um, you know, I, I don't know. They won't won't have the rough as up, you know, as up, but they'll definitely play with some pins, maybe some bunkering. I, I you know, how they uh, some firmness or softness of certain bunkers. Like that's what they do. When they have the opportunity like this, some different oh, team, yeah. uh, which uh, is cool because you don't see it a lot. No, unbeknownst to everyone else, the U.S. Open, the USGA is in charge of the setup this week. 100%. Really? Oh yeah. We, uh, only because they're going to no. have a no, no, they won't touch it this week. Oh, you're you're full of shit. Oh, they don't think the USGA don't have full theories. If you don't think that they're, I mean, with the U.S. Open this close, the USGA has a ton to do with the setup this week. They are testing tee boxes, they're testing lines, they're testing rough depths, um, they're testing um, fairway width, fairway, fairway lengths. Yeah. I mean, it not fairway fairway width. Sorry, that's the word I was trying to get out. Yeah, U.S. Open has a lot to do with the setup this week. This is a this is a U.S. Open preview, boys. Dude, it's a beast. It's seventy seven hundred yards. Full I'm not sure I could reach the fairway on a couple of those holes. On on crappy greens. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Even no after the fast, they're not great, you know? But, well, that's yeah. that's POA for you, especially later in the day. That's like what, what you're going to get. But um, Well, I remember talking to my pops back in the day. You know, it's not Tory, but we're talking Pebble. And he was telling me that he said the greens weren't that great at Pebble. And I said, well, why in the world wouldn't they um, go ahead and redo the greens? I mean, they have the money. He goes... Little buddy, they get five hundred dollars a head and fill that course every day for two grand a tea time. The hell they need to redo the greens for. Yeah, they're well, not shutting it down for a year. It's a lot of revenue. They redid them and they they redid them and put in whatever you want. It, it comes it'll, back. It'll be all Poana and the five, po, exactly. There's nothing you do right because back. being a public course, if they if they do anything else, all these people that come and, and track on all these all these proceeds from all of the other golf courses around the area, they, people walk on them. They get that much traffic. If it were a private club, I'd say yeah, they could get away with it. But it's going to be po no matter no matter how they do it. So they're like, let's just make them completely po. And if you tee off in the morning, you get a good shot. If you're teeing off in the afternoon, and you've got a chance to win the the U.S. Open on the 72nd hole, and you have to hit that you know, 12 foot right to lefter and it bumps in like Tiger did in 2008, then you're amazing. Plinko. Pretty amazing. Plinko. All right. So here's, I'm on uh pjtour.com. Rob Bolton just put out his, um, power rankings for this weekend's event. What do we number, got? number one, John Rahm. Number two, Rory McIlroy, Mark Leishman, Harish Inglis, Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Day, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Billy Xander Shoffley. There's we could put Xander in that same bucket as Tony, Patrick Cantley. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt my no, you're good. Then they go uh, Molinari, Cameron Smith, Sung Jm, Victor Hovland, and Siwoo Kim um is number 15. I just gotta go back to the uh President's Cup. You guys all seen that video of Jordan Spieth, right? 
from down in was it Australia, Australian President's Cup when they were talking about the favorite chant. They had a chant going, uh, see, woo, shaking that ass, yeah. shaking that ass. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I diverge. Um, it happened, Mike. It did happen. Hey, it did happen. All right. Who you guys got? Can we make that the intro to the podcast? Yeah, we can make see, some edits there. Woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. <laughs> I love it. Um, who's your picks? McLean, go. I've got, under um, for my DraftKings team. That's fine. Yeah. And on Charlie Hoffman, Max Homa. Phil Mickelson, Ryan Palmer, Patrick Reed, Scotty Scheffler, and Jason Kokrak. I mean, did you pick a quarter of the field, or you you know how are we, how are we doing this? Six picks, uh, bro. You get six six guys, Tom. Let's explain this oh, to you. You get six on, guys. Hold on. Okay. McLean, I think you had too many guys there, pal. Yeah, no, hold on. I think I, I think I wrote down too much. Wait a second. Let me pull them up my team. I definitely made a mistake here. Here we go. All right, I have. This is great radio. On Charlie Hoffman, Max Homa, Ryan Palmer, Patrick Reed, and Scotty Scheffler. All right, there you go. There we go. Sorry, guys. Who was your big high dollar guy, Patrick Reed? Yep, P. Reed. I like I like him being able to flight the golf ball at uh, Tory and cheap. Without question, he's going to move the sand wherever he wants to. He's going to improve <laughs> his lie. I mean, you can't be if you ain't cheating, you ain't fucking trying. <laughs> Well, I'm a Patriots fan, so I know that. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. hey, how about Tommy going back to the Super TB12, Bowl? TB12, buddy. I mean, you just – it never fails for you, man. You Every sports season, you have somebody you pull for that's going to win. Well, yeah. I mean, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'm awesome. I mean that the whole Tom Brady. We could have we could have an hour long discussion on how amazing this guy is. Um, don't get me started. Jay's a big fan. Jay's a big fan of Tom I'm Brady. I'm a big fan. I, I'm a Washington football team fan. So hence, I pull for Tom Brady and individual players <laughs> because yeah, right. although Where we did win the in? NFC East this year, it was awesome. But it was you know I, Alex Smith, awesome. It's going to be a Disney movie in the next five years. Him coming back and leading a team to the NFC East championship, even though he didn't play in the playoffs. It's it's absolutely incredible that the guy literally was playing on one leg. But again, I mean, he, like right. he almost died. Like I mean, he, he, he was. Not only did bad. he almost lose his leg, he literally almost died. Without uh, question. So yeah. for him to get back out there and to lead the guys, uh, it's just. And he's just like the quintessential, you know, captain, like leader, like everybody loves this guy. I will say that I went to quite a few practices because they practice in Richmond. And I don't think he's like the purest passer <laughs> of, of compared no. to some of these other guys. Like you watch Mahomes and Brady and then even Colt McCoy was the backup at the time when they were when they were throwing, you know, in practice probably three or four years ago, three years ago. And uh, I was like, oh, who's this? Colt McCoy looks good right now. <laughs> but, you know, to Alex Smith is Alex Smith's defense. Um, he's you know, again, he's a big, tall, athletic, strong guy. He's a great, great mind, great quarterback coach on the field, like understands how to do it. Great leader. Guys follow him like these are all the qualities that you know you want and and if you throw somebody who's got a missile of an arm then you win a super bowl and unfortunately it didn't that didn't quite happen with him but he did all the other things well i mean career of 10 you know 10 12 13 years um 
you know, and been to the, you know, AFC championship game a couple of times with the, with the 49ers and the, or with the, with the chiefs and then NFC championship with the 49ers. So, I mean, guys a stud, but. All right. So here's a quick, let's go back to my boy, Tom Brady real fast. Yeah. Then, we'll get, then we'll go back. Then we'll get back. To, we'll we get back should, to the farmer. We should point out that Jay can speak to all this because he was a, a pretty damn pretty good, good quarterback. quarterback. Hey, exactly. real quick, shout out Taylor Heineke. I played golf with that kid uh, a year and a half or so ago here in Charlotte when he was with the Carolina Panthers. Good buddy of mine was O lineman. Shout out Brendan Mahan. You Brendan think those two guys are listening right now? Really, Taylor? Taylor? Oh, they're definitely going to be listening when I send this to him because you know we need fucking listeners. <laughs> um, with that being said. Heineke played golf with that guy. Uh, he can smoke at about 370. Yeah. When I tell you he pumps it off the tee, he pumps it off the tee. Really cool guy. Hope he does well. Would love to see him come back to Washington. Um, work with Ron Rivera and do well. Regardless, go back to the farmers, Mikey. Sorry. No, no, no. We got to hit on Tom Brady. Fucking Tyler Heineke. Get the fuck out of here with Taylor that. Taylor Heineke, motherfucker. Whatever his name is. I don't care. Go to 10 Super Bowls. Then we can talk about you. Um, <laughs> It's really incredible. Here's a, here's I, know, a, I know where you're going, Mikey. But here's, a, here's a stat for you. Bring it. What's more likely to happen, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl or Steph Curry making a three-pointer? Oh, I mean, that's, 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 you can make stats like that wherever you want, right? So. I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm not making shit up. It's, the it's answer is Tom fucking Brady. Yeah, it's because forty-seven percent of the time he has played in the Super Bowl. It's 20, 21st year, and he's been to the amazing. Super Bowl ten times. It's amazing. Steph Curry's career three-point percentage is 43%. That's, that's I mean, outstanding for the record, too. That is way. unbelievable. You know what the best stat of all of this is with Tom Brady? As much as everybody talks about football and how amazing he is, Bridget Monahan tweeted, congratulations, Tom Brady. You said you'd do it, and you did. We love you. That's his ex, ex-girlfriend and his father of... <laughs> His first child, who basically gives him a shout out, who they haven't. I mean, it's been pretty rocky, I think, with with her. And she like to come out for her to come out and say like job well done. Like that's like the ultimate. Well, like, that was his oldest son, Jack. That's her son. That was at the game that they showed yeah. that clip. that's going yeah. around? I mean, I think I think why she even said that. The reason that Tom is in Tampa Bay is because. He wanted to be close to to his oldest son when they live in Florida, and and, and you know, more props to this guy. He's just going through all of the checklists here, just solidifying himself as not only the greatest quarterback on the field, but like super, good super dude. cool dude. Like I'm starting the TB12 diet tomorrow. I'm like I'm gonna do it. I have the book. I have the book, you Jay. I'll, I'll loan it to you. I, I have not read it, but I have it. I need it. I mean, yeah. diet and me, they don't really. You guys are weird. Correspond, but I mean, it's going to happen. Well, all right, got to respect TB twelve. Regardless, we can we can make this a, a weekly topic too. Talking about TB twelve or all my sports teams that win all the time, Tom. Right? Uh, we don't we don't want to talk <laughs> to you do. while you have a hard on. <laughs> it's going to last way more than four hours. Um. <laughs> all right, so my picks for the Tory, um, mm-hmm. my DraftKings team here. I'll go kind of by um highest dollar so i took xander 10,400 as my number one pick i just love the guy uh i have mark leishman defending champ just always seems to play well horse for a course if you will ryan palmer been playing really well also plays well at tory cameron davis ozzy 
played well this past weekend. I watched him make three golf swings, and I love his golf swing, so that's why I chose him. Simple as isn't that. He, isn't he like a <laughs> isn't he great any putting though? And that his kind of any yeah, I think putting. he's a good putter. He's also oh, never missed a cut at Tory in like three or four attempts, so that's up there as well. I haven't either. Uh, I've never missed a cut at Tory. There you go. <laughs> then uh, Charles Howell checking three sticks. Just dude never misses a cut. I guess except for last week when Mark Lane, McLean week. took him. <laughs> and last Brutal. but not least, uh, I had to take a bargain guy. Uh, James Hahn been playing well mm. since the restart and uh, love the clubs he plays. <laughs> I love that. All right, Jay, love you want to go? You may go. Like, yeah. I, I don't do DraftKings, so I'm, I can. I can, get, I can, I can go. How I want. I can go. My uh, my list is you know I didn't go with a big stud here at uh, at Tory. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put multiple lineups in for this. Um, oh, come on. You got to have the lineup of integrity. Just one lineup, Jay. Come on. Yeah, I, we're gonna create a contest. I am going to give get, you I'm going to get my, signed up. I'm going to give you my top lineup. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to drop down this list here, and I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. Wow. Um, just the guy's good. I mean, he's not a great putter. It's a terrible putter. He's a terrible putter, He's which I think win, is his advantage. To contend. Tory is like is one of those events that like the greens are bad. Like if you're a great putter, you're you're limit you're limit you're eliminating part of your your strength. So that's why I go with a great ball striker. Um, I've got I've got Hideki up top. I think he drives it good. He's a great iron player. He'll be in he'll be in contention. Uh, I did go with Leishman. I agree. He loves it. Another great ball striker. Um, so I've got him up there. Ryan Palmer, a, another we we kind of doubled up. Mikey uh, Palmer loves it out there. Um, horse for a course. Yeah, he. I mean, some people just know how to play it. Um, I've got Scotty Scheffler on there as well. He's kind of a one of those guys. He didn't play well last week, but I think that was a little bit more to the dynamic of the course being like a super easy golf course. And again, I, that, that plays in these guys' heads. Like if you're a good player and you're like a strategist and you go to these, like these shootouts, it, it messes with you a little bit. Like you, you, you put too much pressure on yourself to make seven or eight birdies around. And I don't think Scotty Scheffler, I don't, I mean, he's a, he's a hot player. He can make birdies, but I don't think that's the way he plays. And I think it messed, messed he's, him up. He's a played bit. well at some of the tough venues recently. Yeah. yeah he hey, plays he's well. Also a little bit of a hot head and he kind of a, any, a little bit emotional roller coaster. A little, a little bit. Yeah. But he's, he's a solid, that. he's a good player and he plays tough court, tough golf course as well. So my two kind of sleeper picks, uh, one is Corey Connors. Uh, uh, I had him. I took him off. Uh, Corey is um, – I played a bunch with Corey on the Canadian tour before he got on the PGA tour. I, I'm – you know, I still to this day, um, he's he's one of the best ball strikers I've ever played with. Like, just drove it. I mean, we played in – we played in South America probably – I think we played six or seven times in South America. And he – he just hit it 300 yards and hit it right down the cock straight, right down the middle of the fairway. <laughs> I mean, every time, like dead straight. And I mean, we're in South America. We were in Mazatlan, you know, Mexico. As a listener, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm I'm being honest. Sorry, sorry, Miss Strange, but it's the truth. The guy hit it dead straight. 
Uh, and he, and he hit a bunch of greens and, the, and when we got done, we were talking, he was a young guy, 22 years old. And, and we were, and I was like, Hey man, you played great. Awesome. You know, best of luck moving forward. And he was like, he was like, man, if I could just putt a little better. I'm like, I was like, you hit 18 greens. I was like, if you don't make every putt, you're going to feel like you didn't putt well. Um, but he, he shot five under I'm like, I'm all right. But again, to my point, He's a great ball striker, great driver of the golf ball, and he's actually a really good putter. He's got a great stroke. I will say that the few times that I've shied away from Corey has has been on the uh, Pro-Am setup, and it's not a knock on Corey, but I know that he's very focused on his game, and he's not into the social, like, interacting with the members, and I definitely grabbed on, on a hold of that. And I'm sure he's gotten better with it as he's got going, but um, but for this event, he's I think he's it's great. He drives it good, good iron player. Even if he doesn't feel like he's putting well, he's still going to still gonna do well. And then my last guy to cap it off is past – uh, winner at uh, Tory Pines, and that's Brant Snedeker, who has not played well of late. Um, really not great the last two events, but I, you know, you got it. The, there's something about having a history and a backstory for a golf course. And he's not only has he won there, but he's has a he's got a couple top five finishes there beyond that. And there's something to be said for that. You, you get that that feeling when you get to a certain course and everything just clicks. So um, I threw I threw Brand Snedeker on there as well. Awesome. Yeah, you never know when you get to a course that you've had success at in the past. Yeah. It just flips the switch. Yeah. Tom? Uh, oh, yeah. Shoot. Sorry. Um, I got Brant on there too. I, I think that, you know, those greens and that kind of pop stroke, he seems to kind of get the ball up on top rolling faster yeah. than um, but, um, let's see. So I don't do DraftKings yet. Uh, we're going to get you dialed in, Tom. I, I get it going. Road. So I can just get to pick who I want. But, um, so I said, yeah, Brant is on my list. You know, Patrick Reed is just kind of one of those guys that's, you know, you know, love to hate him or, or whatever. Everybody's got a lot of, uh, opinions on that, but he's a stud. Um, Hello. Don Rom's obviously won there before. Rory's obviously coming off playing playing well. Say um, that in the group chat, please. <laughs> Harris English has played great this year, and yeah, that's I, I don't know how many I've named, but you know this is pretty easy. No, for I me. like that. No, you got a good solid. You got a good solid group of guys. So Victor there. Victor Hovland didn't he win there? Didn't he win an AM there? Who doesn't like Who doesn't like Victor Hovland? I mean, you talk about a guy. I I he looks let Let's go real quick into that. Uh, graduating class because we're talking about good golf we're talking about those guys coming out of that graduating class i've said for the longest time i feel like colin morikawa is going to be that guy um you gotta love matt wolf you gotta love victor hovland i think victor hovland and colin morikawa have swings that are going to be absolutely timeless i think matt wolf as long as his timing stays good he's going to be very uh very tough to beat but Matt Wolf better never get hurt. That's all I got to say. Like, yeah, you're not you're not wrong with that. That's where Colin Morikawa, if there's anyone right now on tour, I want to watch Colin Morikawa and Louis Eustazen hit balls next to each other for hours at a time. But and, I love Matt Wolf. I, Matt Wolf I, I sported Chubb the entire time. I mean, I think Matt Wolf, nice, nice. Really. Hey, Colin Morikawa has a, an unbelievable golf swing. It's just unbelievable. Um, but the thing that I like about Hovland I mean, he's got such a he's got such a sense of like he's so grounded. Like he just he really understands like what he's doing. He's like, I play golf for a living and 
I'm, you know, I love it. I enjoy doing it. Am I the absolute best in the world? No, but I'm pretty close. And like, it's so refreshing to hear his comments. Like when they ask him what he's thinking on this shot and this shot, he's like, well, I was pretty nervous over this one. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And no, I don't know if that's, no. if that's a, if that's attributed to where he, where he grew grew up in Europe or, or what, but uh, it's, it's refreshing to kind of hear that, you know, he, he really just about his short game too. Yeah. And he's, he's not good. It's not good. Like it's, it's, that's and, where and, I feel like he's going to struggle. That's where he struggles. He, 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 and like any guy, any guy who has that much lag coming down, they all struggle chipping. I mean, look at, I mean, you can go back and look at all of them. Tiger, when he really struggled with his chipping, you look at, see how much lag he had with that left arm leading so much. And it's like, you, you can't release the club properly at Which that point. Mikey, me. you know. I mean, it, it's a different it's a different action. I mean, I know it's a miniature action. No, it's yeah. not. Like, it's a different thing altogether. These guys are pros. They should be able to separate it. Do better, guys. Come on. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I agree. There's certain parts. There's four knuckleheads sitting here drinking in our houses talking about golf. Yeah. I no, mean, but I agree with you on Victor. Like, I, he is a breath of fresh air, right? You know, I like, I love you know what that he's guy. thinking. You know, he, he, he tells you everything that's kind of on his mind. And, um, but these guys are also like nine years old, aren't they? Like that group, that class, that they may not feel old. We're not old, but like seeing that group, like I'm like, oh. who, who else was in that class? And it was, it was Hobland, Matthew and Wolf. Wolf. Oh, uh, what about Maverick McNeely? What's, Patrick, what's that guy doing? Patrick, not Patrick, but, uh, Patrick Rogers was he in that class? No, no, no those guys older. are older. It was pretty much those those three were the big. Those three were the big three. Yeah, the big names right. coming out but that year. McNeely was a stud out of Stanford, and he he's a couple years older, I think. Is he a couple years older? McNeely doesn't need a stud. His dad's uh yeah yeah I know I know he's in good shape financially, but I mean he's a very disciplined guy. Like that part doesn't like he's also dating him. Daniel Kang. Is he really? Really? Yeah. Good for you, Maverick McNeely. They you both like live. Her, you in, like her uh, with the blonde hair or her natural kind of? Nah, hair? natural, natural. They both live in uh in Las Vegas. Oh well, that's not a real place to live. I was just saying, I didn't know people actually live there. That, that's not a real. You right. can't live there. <laughs> you can't. Uh, like, um, if you don't gamble, you'd be fine there. Yeah, I could not live there. That's not. Yeah, Tom doesn't gamble apparently. Which... What is the cross, ladies and gentlemen? What is the cross? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. How do you live in it a looks place like an angel? Yeah, lightning will strike. Okay. All right, boys. Um Jess, it's been fun. Has been a lot of fun. I have I have no idea if this is any good or not. Um I'm sure my wife will tell me if it's bad or not because she never holds back with me. But um it's been a pleasure. Hopefully the listeners got a little something out of it, had a little fun, entertaining, some information that was um useful to them. Hopefully they can make some good picks. Hey, I won five bucks on DraftKings last week, so I'm gonna make Get you it. rich. I'm gonna make you rich, guys. So <laughs> we'll um, have the contest live, and we'll have results next week for sure. Results, yeah, absolutely. We're all gonna put up our own American dinero. Yeah, what ten dollars? Ten dollars a man, winner take all. Ten dollars a man. Yeah, winner take all. Winner take all. Winner take all. I'll set up the event. I'm already trying. Once I get uh, TS over here. With his own uh, name, we'll set up the league. And then maybe at some point we can start getting some all of our uh, following, our listeners, our faithful to uh, join Yeah, on a weekly, I uh, love that. weekly contest. We can maybe try to throw in some gifts. Um, yes. If we get so many, any listeners, we'll get some, take some questions via social media. We're starting a uh, guerrilla marketing campaign on Instagram. We'll get Twitter up and going website. Uh, we're hoping to have some, 
guests along the way as we do this. So, uh, boys, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you before next Monday, but we'll see you then. And, uh, thanks to all our listeners.